Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and this podcast is all about heavy metal detoxification, mineral balancing, hair mineral analysis, detox supplements and protocols, and everything in between. We have a lot of a lot of guests uh, talking about biohacking techniques and diet and hydration, lots of different topics to help you upgrade your health and find those missing pieces of the puzzle for your health journey. So thanks for tuning in today. Um, I had such an amazing last few weeks. I visited Cuba with uh, my fiance and his son, and we had such a great time. It's just a country I'd always wanted to go to. And it was such an interesting experience, uh, you know, all the amazing food in Cuba and the amazing people and just uh, Cuban music just around every corner and just the people are so exuberant and happy and uh, it was just a wonderful experience and, you know, visited all these 18th century perfectly preserved French colonial towns and then ending up, uh, you know, on a beautiful Caribbean beach and perfect white sand and blue waters. It was just a great vacation. Do a little bit of a digital detox because there's not much internet there and not much phone service. So it was a nice way to just check out. And I recommend you guys take a vacation and do a digital detox also. Uh, so today on the show, we have Morley Robbins. Uh, he's a very, very good friend of mine. And we're going to be talking about copper, magnesium, iron, and rethinking copper toxicity and iron toxicity. So a lot of really eye-opening facts on the show today. We talk about how a lot of a lot of practitioners in hair tissue mineral analysis think a lot of people are copper toxic when that's not the case. Um, a lot of people can be mistakenly told that they're copper toxic when they actually just have poor ceruloplasmin functioning. And so we talk about how glyphosate, which is Roundup Ready herbicide used on you know the majority of non-organic vegetables and products interfere with a protein called ceruloplasmin that then impacts our bioavailability and usability of copper, which is essential for proper detoxification in the body. We also talk about iron and how the majority of people are iron toxic because we have this program or government program of iron fortifying cereal grains and refined wheat products and um, which everyone's been eating for decades and so we're and we get iron in supplements we are definitely on iron overload in our society and it causes oxidative stress it causes damage it causes fatigue it causes dementia it contributes to alzheimer's and other forms of dementia the iron is a huge huge problem it can build up in the liver and cause anger. So we talk about what to do about iron, how to detox it from the body, and what it's doing to cause dysregulation in your body and contributes to so many different health issues. And why Morley thinks that you know iron deficiency anemia probably doesn't really exist. It's more about... 
um, your iron and copper and ceruloplasmin balance in your body. So this is kind of an in-depth analysis of this stuff. Uh, all the practitioners listening and detox, you know, savvy listeners will eat this up. It might be a little bit more challenging for the average layperson, but still a very, very interesting podcast I think will help to open a lot of people's eyes. So I know a lot of you guys listening to this show are looking to detox heavy metals and looking for detox strategies that work. And you need to know what heavy metals you have in your body. Um, Because we know that everyone has them. They're in our air, food, and water. They're unavoidable. So I created a two-minute quiz to help you determine the potential levels you have of heavy metals in your body. So I urge you to take the quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com and learn the next steps to take. If you feel like uh, or you take the quiz and you have a high level of heavy metals in your body based on your answers, we give you a video series and the next steps to take to remove toxins from your body safely and effectively. So go to heavymetalsquiz.com. It only takes a couple of minutes. Our guest today, Morley Robbins, is the creator of the Root Cause Protocol. Um, This is his uh, really amazing protocol to help detox your body and get your body back into mineral balance. Uh, Morley, also known as the Magnesium Man, is one of the foremost experts on magnesium's role in the body and the delicate dance magnesium plays with iron, copper, and calcium. In 2012, Morley founded the Facebook group, Magnesium Advocacy Group, and it's a huge Facebook group on Facebook, 175,000 members. I urge you to join. You can also learn more about magnesium at gotmag.org. And he remains the de facto leader of the Magnesium Advocacy Group on Facebook with over 175,000 members and growing daily. As a certified health coach with an expertise in hair tissue mineral analysis, also known as HTMA, Morley has performed over, he said in the podcast, 6,000 one-on-one consultations with patients from around the world. You can learn more about Morley at therootcauseprotocol.org and gotmag.org. Morley, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. It has been a long time since we've had a chance to catch up. Yeah, I know it's been too long. We were both in the detox space and helping people to remove heavy metals and get their health back. And you were an early mentor of mine who just taught me everything you knew. Uh, And I just really (laughs) kind of really treasure that education, you know, prefacing uh, that and having that as kind of... um, you know, a stepping stone to as part of my education about detoxification. Well, you're very, you're very kind. We, I remember those conversations were very, uh, very special, and appreciate all of the uh, the folks that you have referred to me over the years. It's been absolutely amazing. As you can see, I'm really coming up in the world. I've got this beautiful uh, <laughs> office now. 
<laughs> well, you're in a great recording environment, being in a, exactly. in a closet. It's, it's, it's very quiet here. That's that. I needed silence, and so this is this was the best I could do. So I appreciate the uh, the chance to catch up. Uh, and and as we were saying before we started the conversation, it's it's kind of like two Jedi masters, you know, coming coming back for reunion. And, uh, you know, it's really funny. You mentioned that you're headed off to China, which I think is ex very exciting. I can't. I want to hear more about that. Um, but we've had a chance to go to Australia now a couple times. And when we were down there last year, and we were there for about a month, it was actually a little over a month. By the time we got to Melbourne, which was our third city, we were getting pretty peaked. And we ended up watching a video series on Bruce Lee. <laughs> and I mean, it was a 50 part series. And I think we watched like 25 parts of it while we were in Melbourne. We were just so burned out. But it was, I mean, I knew who he was, but I didn't know how special he was. And it, it really helped me crystallize my thinking about the healing process. And that it really, his whole philosophy was about not just um, offense versus defense, he brought the two together. That was his gift. He he melded yin and yang and created his own uh, school of martial arts, uh, Jeet Kune Do, which was, it, it was legendary in what it did for the, the whole field of martial arts. And I think in some respects that that's been an influence for me and the work that, that I've been doing the last probably a couple of years now is really trying to provide the focus and the nutritional support so people could, in fact, you know, bring it together. So it's very, very intriguing. So I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah, because detox is very much about laying that foundation to allow the body to just work properly on its own, to detox on its own. And that's a, a big part of detox, which a, a lot of people miss, that they want to make it more complicated than it is or do things that, you know, really complicated regimens. And But, you know, the one of the most basic factors or facets of detox is just mineralizing the body so it works. No question about it. Yeah. And I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with phase one and phase two detox. Very, very important. Well, they don't work very, very well if they don't have minerals and especially um, magnesium and copper. They're, they're critically important uh, for that whole process. And I think a lot of people, you certainly, I know, experience this with your client base. Most people are not minimally balanced. They're not even close to being where they need to be in order for their body to, to detox itself, much less support the detox that, that they've got to do going forward. Okay, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your your new approach to metabolic dysfunction. And so we, we know that you help people to detox heavy metals. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, you use hair mineral analysis or HTMA to discover what minerals and metals that people have in their body. And you design supplement protocols for people and make recommendations to help them detox. But you have a very unique approach. Why don't you tell us a little about that? Yeah. So, you know, I think we, we both cut our teeth on uh, HTMAs. And the, and the value of, of those minerals is very, very important. I think I, I began to um, stray a little bit probably four or five years ago. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting the results that I thought I should get. 
I was very frustrated by the confusion around copper. Um, just it, it didn't make sense to me that I, I knew it was an important mineral. Well, how did it become rogue? That didn't make sense to me. And so I started to incorporate blood testing in addition to the hair testing and, and developed you know, several different tests. But the one that I use re regularly, I call it the full Monty iron panel. And I've got different uh, websites where people can order that in the States or in the UK or Australia. And we're working on Canada and different parts of the world where people can find out what's really going on in the body. And I think the, the real breakthrough was realizing that, that copper uh, needs to be bioavailable. And we talked about that on our, our earlier conversations. And what allows it to be bioavailable is a very important protein called ceruloplasmin. And when you and I talked, it's probably been a little over two years, I barely knew how to spell it. I barely knew how to pronounce it. I've been uh, focusing on that protein for several years now, very intensely. And it's a very critical part of our body. Uh, for the listeners, it's important to give context that um, a lot of people know about insulin. And insulin has 25 amino acids. And we know how powerful that is how, in terms of managing uh, blood sugar. Ceruloplasm has 1,066 amino acids. So it's 40 times bigger than insulin. And in its uh, ideal state, it has eight copper atoms inside it. it th there's, no other, there's no other protein in our body that even rivals that kind of complexity. And what I've learned over the last, uh, really in the last six months, I've done a very deep dive to identify the fact that this ceruloplasm protein has, and I'm up now to 18 separate and distinct enzyme functions. It is the master antioxidant in the human body. It is the master regulator of iron, but um, what I think people need to understand is that the, the fight on this planet is over oxygen. And we have a, a torturous battle with pathogens over that oxygen. They like it, so do we, and they have very sophisticated ways of, of accessing that oxygen. Uh, what, what people seem to have overlooked is that all of those pathogens live on iron, very, very fundamental. And there are a lot of things in the environment that will affect that oxygen in our body. And when that oxygen gets tweaked, it sets off a chain reaction. And if you have adequate levels of ceruloplasm that are properly uh, designed and loaded with copper, no problem. All of the there's a lot of hysteria in the nutritional world about copper toxicity. There is no copper toxicity. It, the one of the most important functions of ceruloplasmin is to gobble up and reincorporate that copper and get it back into use. Vitamin uh, whole food vitamin C will do the same thing, and so a lot of there's a lot of mileage that people uh, get in scaring people about copper toxicity. 
when in fact it's a misnomer because there's 60 times more iron in the body than there is copper. We've talked about that. And yes, when copper is outside of that ceruloplasm, it can be disruptive. But let's focus on the 60 ninja warriors for every Navy SEAL that we have in our body. And, and the iron, um, as we discussed, is a completely misunderstood mineral that is completely mismanaged in our body. Uh, just before you and I connected, I got a call from a client who had heavy menstrual bleeding for five years. Oh. Five very long frightening years and she she finally had a break breaking point when she was in a hospital getting an eye of an iron infusion and they were giving her iron supplements on top of that and she started to balk and she said i don't think this is working and i and i don't know how she connected with the root cause protocol but she called me it's that the timing was just kismet she called to say that she wants to go through my training because she wants to help other women who are being completely mismanaged because most practitioners think that, that in a situation, her hemoglobin was 4.2. Now it's a very perky 13 because she's doing the, the protocol and she's restoring the minerals in general, but she's got a laser-like focus on bioavailable copper, she says, I can't tell you how grateful I am, but also how great I feel. And so she's starting a woman's movement around this very issue. Yeah, so and your, just, your root, cause, root cause protocol is a course that you can take that teaches the fundamental elements uh, about uh, mineralization, about iron, and how to read hair mineral analysis in labs, correct? Yeah, and in fact, it, it, uh, I call it the Copernican Institute, named after Copernicus. Of course, I changed the spelling. His spelling was C-O-P. I changed it to C-U-P for copper, obviously. But um, I <clears throat> have, have had the pleasure of, of now training about 250 practitioners, which is very exciting. Uh, and we'll have a new class starting up in the middle of June. And I was and, one of the uh, first students. Or was I the was I the first one, or I was one of them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, certainly with this series of conversations, no no doubt about that. But it's it has blossomed into something that I never imagined I would be doing. Uh, but it, I think, what is exciting about it is it, it really gets it down to the essence of of what like Bruce Lee talks about the yin and yang. And I think that um, copper and iron have this very special relationship in our body. Um, and I think there is an on-off switch. I think that, that bioavailable copper is the on switch, and I think excess unbound iron is the off switch. And when you first hear that, you're like, no, I can't be that simple. And when I first had that idea, it's like, no, I can't be that simple. And that, that simple idea was about three years ago, and I've read several thousand articles since then. And it's, it's not pride of authorship. It's not me uh, beating my chest is what the research says. It, it's absolutely uh, compelling evidence in the research that there really is this um, disconnect in these minerals. And, the, and I think it's important for people to realize that there are, I think it's 96 minerals on the planet. There are 
typically 84 in the, in the little mineral bottles. There are 18 that are considered essential, but I think there are only three that count. We need more magnesium, we need more bioavailable copper, and we need less iron. And, and, and the protocol, the root cause protocol, is designed to help people uh, address that. Yeah, and one of the problems is so many people are deficient in magnesium, or they're yeah. taking magnesium and it's the wrong form, or and the people have iron overload from it being enriched in so many enriched flours and cereal greens that so many people have been eating for decades. Even if you've been eating healthy the last few years, uh, we're yeah, getting iron absolutely. in a lot of different sources, including supplements that people are taking. And then people don't have adequate levels of copper. I mean, I know on most hair tissue mineral analysis, the majority of people are low in copper. And they're not, you know, doing something wrong where they're not getting it. So let's let's talk about that, how your thinking has evolved in regards to uh, magnesium. Yeah, well, I, I think magnesium is just, it, it, it's still the, uh, I think it's still the orchestra leader. I think it's still the, uh, the conductor of the orchestra. Um, and it's, there's a very um, powerful relationship between magnesium and iron in the body. And... And I really think that the um, what, what's important for people to, to understand is that oxygen hasn't always been on this planet. Uh, I think the planet goes back some 11 to 14 billion years ago, which is mind-blowing to think about. I'm not sure how they know that, but they claim that's what it is. Uh, and I know there are people who think it's only a few thousand years old. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think there's compelling evidence that it's, it's an old... Uh, solar system, but the but the, what's important for folks to realize is that 2.45 billion years ago, cyanobacteria created what's called the Great Oxygen Event, GOE, and they started splitting water in the seas and created oxygen from that, and and to this day I'm not sure the. The uh, marine biologists know exactly why that started happening, but it did. Oxygen started to be given, being given off. And when that did happen, it interacted with the dominant metal on this planet called iron at 36%. It's the number one, number one element on the planet is iron. And what happened when iron mixed with all that oxygen? It wiped out 99% of life on this planet. Suddenly the, the planet was faced with a crisis. And what is fascinating when you get into it, and it's amazing that there, there are biologists, marine biologists, uh, astrophysicists that are fascinated by this. Um, they started to study what, what started to appear on the planet. Well, copper, cholesterol, and what are called multi-copper oxidases. That's a fancy term for an enzyme that uses copper to deal with oxygen. Those three entities, copper, cholesterol, and multi-copper oxidases, all emerged at about the same time as this great oxygen event. Wow. What, is, what do we draw from that? Well, copper is really important for working with oxygen. And, and given that, that oxygen is what's causing all the problems, then it's a good thing to have bioavailable copper. And, and it also calls to question cholesterol was 
is that old? It's 2.45 billion years old. Well, it turns out it takes 11 molecules of oxygen to make one molecule of cholesterol. It's mind-blowing. What, what is cholesterol? It's an oxygen sink. It's a great place to store oxygen if you've got too much of it. It totally changes your understanding of, of heart disease when you realize that it's a really important uh, part of our physiology. You and I know that. But to have that historical context totally changes it. And, and what, does, what does the entire lipid metabolism depend on for its proper regulation? Copper. You know, and, and it's like it's completely misunderstood uh, by by mainstream medicine. And I think it's important for, for people to realize that when that happens, it creates what's called oxidative stress. And that oxidative stress burns up magnesium. And so the I was always intrigued by the magnesium burn rate. Why is magnesium? It, it's associated with every condition on the planet. And, it, and for the first couple of years that, that I was doing this work, I just assumed, well, give people more magnesium and the problem will go away. And I had one practitioner say, Morley, if it was that simple, we would have thought of it. And I thought, in my cocky way, I was like, well, you obviously don't understand it the way I do. And, and I was dead wrong. And, and I think that the, the magnesium-only crowd doesn't fully understand the problem. And so... We need that magnesium. It's essential for, I mean, there's, what, it's almost 4,000 enzymes that depend on, on magnesium. The, the, the off-quoted 300 enzymes, that, that was from a conversation with Bert Valley, who was a, he was a uh, medical educator at Harvard Medical School, being interviewed back in the 1950s. And someone asked him, Dr. Valley, how many, how many enzymes need magnesium? And he said, I don't know, it's probably about 300. It was a swag. He pulled a number out of the air, and now that's the cornerstone of every scientific journal, is that conversation with Burt Valley, you know, what is that, 60-some years ago. It's, it's actually kind of comical. But it's actually about 42% of our physiology needs magnesium, and every molecule of, of energy needs magnesium. Adenosine triphosphate doesn't work without magnesium, so it's it's, it's obviously a very very critical um, mineral, and under acute stress, it's the first to go. Yeah, and but how much I, how much magnesium do we need, and what forms do we need to take? Well, I the, the rule of thumb that I use is, is based on the work of Mildred Seelig, and I just converted it into units that Americans would understand. It's it's uh, five milligrams per pound body weight, but for the rest of the world that's into a metric system, it's, it's 10 milligrams per kilo. And, and so, um, and that's above and beyond what you might be getting in your diet. I, I think there's compelling evidence that we live in a pretty stressful world. That's a safe statement. We live in a very stressful country. And, you know, we, many of the, the people that, that follow our work are living very stressful lives. We know that. And and what's important is that people who do follow our work are, more often than not, they're high IQ. Well, people with high, when does stress begin for someone with high IQ? When they feel out of control. And, and that's, that's the, the challenge is getting past a lot of the, um, the information that's available readily on the in, internet 
isn't the full story. You know that. I know that. I think many of the people listening to this know that. And so that can be very confusing for people. And so it's, we just have to be very, very careful about that. In terms of formats, I think there really are four broad categories of magnesium. Uh, you have uh, food-based forms. You know, um, beans, beans, <laughs> leafy, leafy greens are a wonderful source. Licorice root, not licorice candy. Everybody wants to say, "Oh, <laughs> licorice candy, well, that's great." Um, but but there are some some wonderful sources out there in the diet that can be readily accessed. Anything green typically has magnesium. Um, what's interesting is what I learned is that anything green also has copper. And it, and it just takes a little bit of, of copper, which we'll talk about in a minute, to run to run the um, the system. But a second category of magnesium is magnesium water. You know, mineral-rich water will typically have a very high concentration of magnesium, and any of the uh, supplemental forms of minerals are typically going to have a a preferential uh, concentration of magnesium, which is wonderful. Um, Third form is transdermal, doing foot baths and full baths uh, using either Epsom salt or magnesium chloride oil. And I, I, I caution people from putting them together. Do one or the other. Don't, don't do them together. Um, and then the, the fourth kind that I think is very popular is some form of chelated um, magnesium. My, my, the two that I found the best results with are with magnesium malate, and magnesium glycinate. They, they just seem to be um, better absorbed. People seem to respond better uh, to those forms. And there's research to back that up. So I think that on an ongoing basis, uh, that's, that's, those are important sources of, of magnesium. And what does magnesium do? It, it lowers your stress level. It's, it's a magic chill pill. It's, it's incredible what it does to, to reset your perception of stress that you might be going through. Yeah, and it's so important for sleep also, and all of this, uh, you know, helps detoxification. You have Absolutely. to lower your stress level. You have to get that parasympathetic relaxation, digestion, detox mode. You have to sleep. You have to have minerals to make all that happen. Minerals, insulin, including mag magnesium, lower those stress levels, and it's just Absolutely. amazing. That in itself solves a lot of downstream problems for people. Yeah, no, it's it, it's incredibly important, and what what I think it's it, it's key to understand is that there's um, there is this torturous battle with oxygen. You know, we can't live without it, but at times it's almost like we can't live with it. And we know what a rusty nail looks like. We know what a rusty pipe looks like. We know what a rusty car looks like. We never think that that rusting process is happening inside our body, and in fact, it is. And there, there's um, many different research scientists who are quite emphatic about the oxidative stress theory of aging, that that's really ultimately what wears us down, is this relentless uh, teardown by oxidants. And the, the way I describe those are accidents with oxygen. Oxygen in its molecular form as a gas is, is great. But when you start to uh, tweak it with electrons, 
and it turns into hydrogen peroxide or turns into the hydroxyl radical or turns into a, a peroxyl radical, which is what causes fats to get rusty, then it's a very different beast inside the body. But the, but the beauty of our body is that we have elegant enzymes that are designed to neutralize all that. And those enzymes, it's an entire class of enzymes called antioxidant enzymes. Well, the key, the, the mineral key to activate all of those enzymes is bioavailable copper. It's absolutely, it's essential. And it's, and it's the, the difference is iron is a waiter and it carries oxygen. And, and 80% of the iron in our body is tied up in what's called the erythron. That's the whole system of activity that's birthing and transporting and recycling red blood cells. That's called the erythron. And iron is right in the thick of it. And that's where 80% of our iron is. And what's it doing? It's carrying oxygen. But there's a chef in our body. There's a chef in our cells. And that chef knows how to slice and dice the oxygen and turns it into energy. And that's what's happening inside our mitochondria. The, the, the mitochondria, in, and inside the mitochondria is what's called the electron transport chain. It's turning that, that oxygen molecule, O2, into two molecules of water. And where's that magic happening? It's happening in complex four, which is copper driven. There's three atoms of copper in there. And that copper, it's a two-stroke engine. The first stroke of the engine is to turn O2 into H2O2. And then there's a backstroke that turns the H2O2 into 2H2O. It's absolutely amazing how it does it. And it, you can't do that without copper. And that's, for the folks who want to know what's the molecular origin of, hydro, of hydrogen peroxide, it's right there. And what's the molecular origin of inflammation? It's right there. If the, if the cell can't get the mitochondria to complete that cycle because the oxygen isn't being burned properly, because there's not enough bioavailable copper, <laughs> then we get oxidants. And those oxidants begin to create the oxidative stress that we call inflammation. And it's, it's that straightforward. And inflammation... I'm not sure about your practice, but mine is just riddled with people suffering from inflammation. And it does not always show up as high C-reactive protein. It's a very narrow band of, of society that will actually has that um, C-protein that's been, been uh, affected by the inflammation. And most people have um, more of a subliminal inflammation that is really tied to the problem with iron recycling, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So with copper, so in your estimation, do people typically are low in copper, they need to supplement with it, or it's more of a balancing act with other minerals? What is your solution there? And how do you, you do that? You said you do the blood testing. Tell us what the issue is and how we solve it. Yeah, no, that's a great question. The, the two words that I would like to see banned from medicine and nutrition 
are high and low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't they don't work. Everything is about bioavailability. Yes. And and that that's a, a bigger word to use, but it's I think it's much more honest and accurate. Um, the issue with copper is one of bioavailability. And in, in the vast majority of, of situations, people don't have enough bioavailable copper. What, what we have to understand is that there were like the fourth or fifth generation in our families to have been exposed to massive changes to the food system. The, the mineral composition of soil is very different today than it was 75 years ago. There are some studies that say that there's, uh, there's been as much as an 80% loss of copper in the soil. Uh, we're, we're exposed to foods that have an overuse of high fructose corn syrup. What's the downside of high fructose corn syrup? Well, it, it blocks copper absorption in the uh, uptake doorway of the cell. That, that's a problem. It's called CTR1. Copper can't get in. Uh, I know you've you've had uh, extensive conversations with Stephanie Seno. She I saw her at a um, very important conference, the, the Forum for Integrative Medicine in Chicago a year ago, April. And she, she pulled me aside. She said, Morley, would you like to know why glyphosate is such a problem for copper? And I'm like, yes, I would love to. This was over a breakfast discussion. Glyphosate chelates copper down to a pH of one. I, I, I think she needs to say that more often. And I think for, for people to understand what that means is that our stomach acid goes down to two. So this means that glyphosate that is prevalent in the food system now is just, it's like a bulldozer removing minerals, but especially removing copper. That's a serious problem. That's how it kills weed. It's an herbicide and it kills weeds by stripping all the minerals out of them to kill it. And that's what it's doing to you too, slowly. Yeah, exactly. And and I think it's, it's important to put the laser on it and say it has a special uptake for copper. And there are uh, 16 uh, conserved glycine in ceruloplasmin. So glycine is an amino acid. And what is glyphosate? It's, it's glycine with a nitrogen wart. So it's, it's, it looks exactly like glycine, but it's got this nitrogen wart on it. Well, the body starts grabbing what it thinks is glycine, but it doesn't work the same way. And those glycine are what are called conserved glycine. And when I was talking to her, I said, what does that word conserve mean? And she said, it means it's really important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. So it was, it was, a, it was a very powerful uh, exchange between the two of us. And I think it really helped sharpen the focus about this copper crisis that we've got. So I you're, so you're saying that the, the glyphosate, the body takes it up thinking it's glycine, tries to make ceruloplasmin out of it. And then that it. makes the ceruloplasmin not work properly and then not uh, may not utilize copper properly. So this copper is in our body, in our diets, in our meat, organ meats, other things we're eating, but it right. just can't be used because ceruloplasmin isn't working because of glyphosate and other factors that block it, like yeah. high fructose corn syrup. And also you said synthetic vitamin C, ascorbic yes. acid is a problem as well. Anything else Very interfere in copper? Oh, there, there are a number of factors. I mean, Tylenol interferes with, with copper. Uh, it would we'd have to have a separate show just to talk yeah. about the things that, that, that block it. But but the important thing for people to realize is that 
you asked a very simple question. Is it too little or too much? Well, it's both. And so I think what we we have to really caution people is you, you can't eat anything but organic food. I mean, that, that, and I know there's a price point involved in that, but the the price of good health is is too too uh, critical here, and people need to realize is that copper needs to be bioavailable. It needs to be complexed with that protein, and with the other enzymes that it's vitally important to run. And again, people need to realize that there really is a focal point for all of these conditions that people struggle with whether it's Lyme disease or heart disease or neurodegeneration or Renault's or you name the, the litany of conditions that people have, that there is raging oxidative stress at the very center of all of that. And, and what, what does that tell us? There's, there's two metals especially that are out of whack. Copper is not bioavailable. Iron is unbound. And magnesium is being burned up in a New York minute because of all the oxidative stress. And when you begin to see it in that sense of clarity and begin to address the, the real culprit here is the, the iron, because it's so pervasive in our environment, as you alluded to and, and referenced just a minute ago. And I think the challenge is that people have been trained to think that they are copper toxic and anemic. That is so deeply embedded in the psyche of, of so many people. And in fact, the truth is just the opposite. That what, what we really are facing is it's a true crisis that because the copper is not bioavailable, the iron is not functional because it's copper that regulates iron, regulates the recycling of iron, regulates the movement of iron. And and if that iron is not moving right, it's going to get stuck. And when it gets stuck, it creates oxidative stress. That's its job. It's, it's, it's written in headlines and articles uh, all over the planet, especially with scientists that, that come from countries that start with the letter I. It's fascinating. <laughs> uh, it, it, no, I'm serious. India, Ireland, Iraq, Iran. It's absolutely Iceland, Israel. Them, is, yeah, no, there's some, there's there is some great research in every one of those countries. I mean, they're just stellar. I mean, there are other obviously there are other practitioners. There's some great research out of the UK, out of the US, out of Australia has some amazing iron researchers. But there's just this consistency coming out of countries with the letter I. I just find it very funny. <laughs> but 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 the the important thing is that people need to recognize that the fight is over oxygen. And iron and copper have completely diametrically opposed relationships with oxygen. Iron carries it, and if it's not carrying it, it's creating rust. And copper loves to slice and dice it, either to make energy or to clear exhaust. That's really, that's the, that's the beauty of copper, is it has two very simple functions. Create energy, clear exhaust. Wax on, wax off. I mean, it's just it's it's right out of uh, uh, Karate Kid, or or I'm sure that the people can can imagine that. But the point is, it's it's that basic. Yeah. So the main part of your root cause protocol 
is getting ceruloplasmin online and working. Absolutely. And a lot of people that do their blood testing find they have low ceruloplasmin levels. How do we get it online? So one was you mentioned, you know, if people can, you know, take like liver supplements, so liver glandulars can help because it has copper in it and whatnot. And, and we can also not eat high fructose corn syrup, not eat pesticides like glyphosate, which is in the majority of non-organic foods and not eat, uh, you know, synthetic vitamin C, ascorbic acid. What else can we do? Yeah. The, the, for, for the listener's sake, they can go to the website, rcp123.org, RCP for root cause protocol, rcp 123.org and they can download the instruction manual. It's very tried to make it as user friendly as we can. And the, and the process is broken down into two broad categories, stops and starts. Stops much of what you've just said, you know, stop stop taking iron supplements, stop taking uh, calcium, stop taking synthetics, stop taking ascorbic acid. There's a whole series. Uh, I I'm uh, very quick to tell people to get their vitamin D from cod liver oil, not from not from a supplement. Uh, that might be a point of departure. Uh, I'm very cautious about some of the synthetics out there. And then the the starts. Uh, it's broken down into uh, a whole series of steps. There's a like a phasing, phase one, two, three. But it it's really broad categories. It's increasing minerals. It's increasing uh, whole food vitamin complexes, not again, not synthetics, and increasing um, nutrient-dense foods. The, the two that we, we tend to focus on with the foods are uh, the cod liver oil, and we're very specific about the, the brands that we recommend because there's a lot of confusion about cod liver oil, as you well know, um, and beef liver. Now most people uh, haven't had beef. I've got, I've done, I've had the pleasure of working with over six thousand people, and once you know, I have a a list of now thirteen people who got excited that they could eat beef liver. All the rest just went, oh, I don't think so. Yeah. So, so the uh, there's, a, there's a big demand for desiccated beef liver tablets in, yeah. in my in my following. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why uh, but, people don't get excited about eating liver. I have no idea. I why. don't either. I don't know. But I, I've got I've got twenty five vegan clients taking desiccated liver tablets. That's how desperate they are to feel better. And I think for people people need to realize is that um, some of the most iron toxic people I've dealt with have been vegetarian and vegan clients. And they don't realize that what that it isn't that they, they think, well, if I avoid the red meat, I won't get the iron. Oh no, the the iron is in the grains. The iron is in the vegetables. And in fact, I think they've modified the grains so there's a preferential uptake of iron. And then of course they fortify iron everywhere, as you noted. And the the real kicker is that people, many people, think that a low fat diet is their best friend, when in fact that's one of the cornerstones of their problem. Is that when they after Eisenhower had his heart attack in 55 and Ansel Keys started beating his chest about getting you know, saturated fat and cholesterol out of our diet, the hidden impact of that was they eliminated retinol from our diet. 
they took the butter out. They took the rich sources of, of fat that had retinol, the heavy cream that has retinol in it. And what people need to realize is that um, it's retinol that loads copper into the ceruloplasm protein inside our cells. It's one of the most important functions of retinol, not the least of which is helping to regulate genetic activity. We don't need to talk about that. But, um, but retinoic acids, so, so everybody, everybody knows that when you have sunlight, you're going to start making vitamin D. Everybody's been trained like circus bears to believe that. All right. Well, there's a, there's a corollary function. When the sunlight is out there, it starts the breakdown of retinol in our body. So it turns into retinoic acid and the retinoic receptors that are vitally important for our well-being. And one of those retinoic acids is, in fact, loading up the copper and making sure that there's enough bioavailable copper in that ceruloplasm protein. And, and I've, uh, one of my uh, trainees, but now a good friend, uh, his name is Ben Edwards, I was just talking with him on his radio show the other day, and he had a great term for this ceruloplasm protein. I, I've referred to it as a decathlete. He said, I think it's more like a Swiss army knife. And I went, dude, that's great. That's genius. That's, in fact, what ceruloplasm is. It is the Swiss army knife that runs a lot of the detox pathways that are so important in our body. And so it's, it's important for people to know that there is a... Um, there's important bridge between the work that you do and the work that I do in terms of how the people can access and really build up the, the foundational uh, mechanisms of their body to really get past the, the exhaust. That's really what they're, that's what they're struggling with. And what is that connection between vitamin A and vitamin D production? You said it's not just as simple as getting sun. There's a pathway we well, need to go to. Sunlight you know, again, it's absolutely essential for our well-being. We know that. So that sunlight starts the pathway to make vitamin D, to synthesize it. But sunlight also activates the pathway to break down retinol, break down vitamin A. So you have this synthetic process for D and this breakdown process for A. And they both need to take place. And what's, what's important for people to realize is that... Um, in, in properly prepared cod liver oil, there's 10 times more retinol than there is vitamin D. I don't think Mother Nature messes around. I, I think there's a reason why there's 10 times more retinol. Where's, the, where's all of the focus been in this country on supplements for the last, what, 25 years? It's been about vitamin D. How many people are talking about vitamin A? Very few. And the few that are talking about it are now trash-talking it because they're, they're attacking the synthetic forms of it. They're attacking the fact that, yes, glyphosate affects a critical enzyme pathway, copper-dependent, by the way. And so when that copper-dependent pathway can't break down retinol into retinol, retinol is spelled R-E-T-I-N-O-L, and the first step is to turn it into retinaldehyde, and that first enzyme, if it doesn't work, you got a problem, and that first enzyme can get tweaked by glyphosate. Gee, oh wow, that's important to know. 
well, let's not attack the the buildup of retinaldehyde. Why don't we stop eating glyphosate and do whatever we can to limit the the farmer's use of of that um, herbicide? I mean, I know that's a, a daunting task to think about, but I think there's movement on that front, but we don't need to talk about it. But the thing is, vitamin A, you know, when you go back to the research of, of Weston A. Price, when he and his wife were traveling the, the globe back in the 1920s, people were eating 10 times more retinol then than we eat today. And they, had, they didn't have the disease that we have. Guess, guess what? Guess what nutrient stops measles in its tracks? Vitamin A. Absolutely. It's a, it's a known fact. From, from the 1920s, they were using retinol to stop measles outbreak. And, and it's really fascinating. What is that retinol doing? It's enabling bioavailable copper to make the cells produce enough energy. And when the cells, they're all surrounded by a cell membrane, and it's got to have voltage. And when that voltage is just right, the virus can't get in. When the voltage isn't where it needs to be, when it gets wonky, the, the cell doesn't vibrate right, well, that's actually when the pathogens wake up. That's, that's the work of, of Jerry Tennant over in Dallas, Texas. The guy's a genius. That's, that's the simplicity of the body. Just make sure there's enough energy. You don't have to worry about the pathogens. Make sure you don't have too much iron. Then the pathogens don't have a feeding trough. You know, the, what, what vitamin A does is that it, it neutralizes hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide can't build up in a body that has retinol. And again, most people don't know that. And if, and if there's hydrogen peroxide, then you're going to burn up a lot of magnesium from that. And if there's hydrogen peroxide, you're going to burn up ceruloplasm. What... What's the why do why do alternative practitioners use um, vitamin C, high dose vitamin C to treat cancer? Because it creates mega doses of hydrogen peroxide, which smothers the cancer cells. The part that I can't figure out is, do they think it stops at the cancer cells? I mean, it's just I I, I mean I understand the, the 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 hierarchy here, but it's like that's a lot of hydrogen peroxide that's being put into people's body. And most people don't have enough bioavailable copper to spit at. I mean, that, that's the real tragedy, is that the, the two Swedish physiologists that discovered it back in 1941, Holmberg and Laurel, they were measuring it at levels of in the low 40s. Most clients that I work with today are in the, the, the ranges between 18 and 22. And that's, that's not enough. On that's, blood tests, where do we want it? Test. What's the ideal level on a blood test? What I shoot for now with clients is around 35. I try to get people to 35. And the, the, the limitation we have is that ceruloplasmin in a lab test can express Jekyll Hyde. And it can express as Dr. Jekyll when it's a uh, functioning enzyme form. It's got fully loaded with copper. But it, it can also show up on a blood test when it's missing copper, and it's just the protein form, and then it's Mr. Hyde, and it doesn't have the same physiological impact or function in the body. And, and what is ceruloplasm? Why is it always showing up at, at inflammation? So if someone has a lot of inflammation, their ceruloplasm is going to be elevated. Why is that? Because the, 
it's almost like muscle memory. The body knows it's supposed to be using bioavailable copper to intercept that inflammatory process. But if you don't have retinol in your diet, if you don't have copper in your diet, then you don't have the capacity to make this absolutely essential master antioxidant enzyme to neutralize the problem. That, that's really the, the, the simplicity of the process. Yeah, I always make sure I'm eating butter, grass-fed, raw, organic butter. It's like this yellowish-orange because it has fat-soluble vitamin A. And same exactly. with my, my raw milk that I, I eat. as It's kind of exactly. like an orangish yellow. It's the, the retinol or vitamin A that's in that. I drink tons exactly. of carrot juice, too. That Not everyone can convert that to vitamin A, but it's the same, same, but different. Yeah, and the, and the reason why they struggle with the conversion is that enzyme, BCMO, requires copper. That, that's, the, that's the mineral that allows, the, the, it takes 12 units of beta carotene to become one unit of retinol. And so you got to eat a room full of carrots to get what you can get from, you know, a couple teaspoons of cod liver oil. I'm trying. I'm drinking yeah. a lot of carrot juice. <laughs> <laughs> And your skin's not orange. I, I'm impressed. That's good. You're, you're, doing, you're doing great. <laughs> so let's talk about iron a little bit. So okay. iron is a huge, huge problem. I mean, we know it contributes to dementia and Alzheimer's disease and oxidative stress in our body, aging, just general aging. So where we, we know that we have problems with um, iron in our body. Uh, where are we getting all of this iron? Yeah, it's all over the environment, as you know. Um, we're getting iron. Um, probably one of the biggest sources now is from the food system. They started adding iron filings into wheat flour in the uh, 1941, um, and it's in any kind of grain product. So when it says iron enriched or iron fortified. They're adding iron. Run and for the hills. Run for the hills. Yeah. And the best example of it is cereals. And people people should, you know, next time they're in the, the uh, grocery store, go to the cereal section and just pick up Life Cereal or Total or one, one of the more popular brands, Wheaties. Um, and you'll look on the, the uh, info uh, strip on the side that 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 box of cereal is delivering 18 milligrams of iron in one half cup serving. Now, who do you know that eats one half cup of cereal? Usually you have two cups. So what are you really getting? You're getting 72 milligrams of iron. That's a lot of iron. And that's just the first bowl of cereal for the day. I, my roommate from college was eating cereal throughout the day as a snack. I was like, no, dude, you don't do that. And his, his ferritin was up in the 700s before he realized what, what the problem was. He was starting to feeling, started feeling really sluggish. Um, but that's a classic source. Um, a lot of people get into problems when, um, when the, what's important for people to realize is that we have what's called an iron recycling system. And every 24 hours, our body needs to, to produce 24 milligrams of iron that go to the bone marrow 
for the next day's batch of red blood cells. And what we're supposed to get is one milligram of iron through our diet. So we get 24 from the recycling system, one from our diet, and those 25 milligrams go to make the bazillions of red blood cells that we need each day. Because there's a there's a turnover. You know, the, the red blood cell lives for about 120 days. And what's that red blood cell full of? It's full of iron. And the to to give people a, a visual context for it, context, we have we have about 25 trillion red blood cells in our body. And let's take the surface area of all 25 trillion red blood cells. It's an amazing number. And it turns out it's 95% of an acre. So most people don't know what an acre is, but they do know what a football field is. So picture your favorite, your favorite football team, <laughs> the, 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 the blimp looking down. That's the amount of surface area, the red blood cells in your body. And what, what, what do they call that football field? The gridiron. Isn't that funny? And it's full of iron. So that football field of, of iron is inside our body. And now what I want people to, to visualize is taking a copper penny, which has 90 milligrams, so one penny. Let's, just, let's assume that it's still made of copper. They actually changed it to zinc back in the 80s. But take a penny and put it in the corner of the football field. That's the amount of copper <clears throat> that's needed to regulate that acre of iron in our body. One penny's worth of copper for, for an acre of iron. Okay? And what's happening? That penny of copper is being whittled and chipped away at, and it's now the size of a BB. It's not enough copper for the body to, to work properly. And so the recycling system isn't working as efficiently as it needs to because the recycling system is absolutely dependent on bioavailable copper. And so those red blood cells live about 120 days. And so at any given time, you're, you're going to be losing about 1% of your, of your blood. And, and in fact, we have about the oldest blood in our body is about four months old just so people get a sense of, man, there's a constant process of turnover. Well, if that turnover program doesn't work right, and it won't if there's not bioavailable copper, the iron gets stuck in what are called the recycling macrophages. And the macrophages are the Pac-Men that gobble up debris and pathogens and red blood cells. And in any inflammatory state, any inflammatory state, iron gets recruited from the blood and it goes into those macrophages because the body's really smart. It knows that the good bacteria are in the gut and the bad bacteria are in the blood. So we gotta get, we got to get that iron away from the pathogens. We know that that's what they're looking for. So the body has these very sophisticated systems to sequester the iron, get it into the macrophages, but if the, if the macrophages don't have copper, they become obese with iron, and then they lose their true north. They're not able to recycle things. Their stomach is called the lysosome, and that stomach, if it starts to fill up with iron, the, the whole thing starts to break down. And that's the very origin 
of autoimmune disease. Not my idea. It's it's the genius work of Nancy Andrews at Duke, of um, uh, Rebecca King at Mayo Clinic, and Marianne Wesling Resnick at Harvard. Those three women are doing legendary work to try to get to the bottom of why do we now have almost 100 different autoimmune conditions? And these macrophages get stuck in phase one function and just start eating away at tissue. So we have this breakdown in the recycling, so the iron is filling up. Then people go and they have a blood test, and the, and it, and the iron looks low in the blood. It might be low in the serum iron. It might look low in the ferritin, or it might look low in their hemoglobin. And so what does the, doc, what does the practitioner do? Tells them to take iron, but doesn't think about, gee, I wonder why it's low. They just say, you're, you're low, get back to high and low, you're low, so take more to try to lift it, when in fact, it doesn't work that way. You yeah, it's comical more. that mainstream medicine thinks that the body works that simply, that if something is low, just take this to replace it, and it's magically going to go up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, in order to make new blood, there's, there's five critical components to making new blood. All five of them require copper. I mean, it has nothing to do with iron. And I'm not, I mean, I, I would go so far as to say, I don't, I'm not at all convinced there's one person on this planet who has true iron deficiency anemia. That's a, that's a bold statement to make. I think what people do have is they have very dysfunctional activity of their iron. And I don't think the testing is um, sophisticated enough. It's not broad enough to get into the tissue because the tissue level of iron can be 10 times higher than what it is in the blood. And people just don't know that. They don't realize the, the blood measurements of, of these uh, minerals and metals isn't an accurate depiction of what's going on inside the tissue, especially when it comes to iron. It's, it's a completely, um, it's like a parallel universe. And so the blood is very misrepresentative. And the other thing that I think is a point of confusion is uh, there's, I think, an overemphasis on ferritin. I have renamed it erotin because it's important for people to realize that you need to have bioavailable copper to load iron into ferritin. One of the key enzymes in, in ceruloplasma is called ferrooxidase enzyme, ferro for iron, and it oxidizes that iron so that you can work with it. And if you can't oxidize that iron, you can't load it into ferritin. And so when the body can't load iron into ferritin, it'll load it into hemosiderin. Well, hemosiderin is very different than ferritin, and... There's a lot of stored iron in hemosiderin that's causing a lot of chronic conditions in people, and they're not aware of it because the blood testing doesn't test for hemosiderin. It just, it'll measure ferritin, and, and people don't realize that there's two forms of ferritin. There's heavy chain and light chain, and the heavy chain has the ferrooxidase function, which is good. The light chain is pure storage. And it, and it becomes very problematic uh, inside the cells because that iron has an energetic expression. It, it, 
it's amazing, but it's like it's like a, it's like a um, a black hole in the universe, and the energy just starts getting sucked into to where all the iron is, and then the cells can't work properly. It's absolutely it's magical. I mean, we really are we are light sound beings. We we are always producing light. We are vibrating. We're meant to vibrate, and when we have the fullest expression of our body, we vibrate, and and we do it. We have that glow. We have that that sense of of expression, and it's all based on these critical enzyme functions that are based on essential minerals. So we can assume that uh, the majority of people have too much iron in their bodies. It's very easy to find sources that we're eating in our environment. It's difficult for the body to release iron because we're evolved to, to not want to let go of iron because it's so essential for oxygen transportation in our body. So what ways uh, do you tell people to remove iron from your body? Well, the first and foremost, uh, I think it's important for people to do the protocol to begin to build up the levels of bioavailable copper. Um, one of the cornerstones of the protocol is to get people to do regular blood donations. And so for uh, women who are in menopause or men, they should be doing blood donations once a quarter. Women who are still cycling, who still have a menstrual cycle, should do it a couple times a year. Uh, and that becomes an important um, mechanism to force the body to revitalize itself. It's very, very powerful when, when you do it. And when you when you give a um, a pint of blood, that's 500 milliliters of of blood, but it's 250 milligrams of iron. And I, I think the there's a lot of of um, assumptions about how much iron is in our body. I don't think we have really accurate measures now. I think there's been a lot of this, a lot of these numbers that are used in research studies are from the 1950s, 1960s. I don't think we've done enough core sampling to find out how much iron is really inside the modern human being. And so that becomes a, a critical part of, of the process because you're absolutely right. The body is not designed to, there's no hormonal regulation of iron. Once the iron gets in our body, it's there to stay, except there's one way to get it out and that's blood loss. Now, there are some recognized iron chelators, um, one of um, IP6, um, quercetin, very effective. Uh, there's a, a product that one of my, one of my graduates developed. Uh, it's called iDetox, wonderful product. They can get that at theirontruth.com. Um, phytic acid, which is another way of saying IP6, but phytic acid is certainly found in in food, and the, the way we deal with that is eating phytic acid away from food, and and phytic acid has a preferential uptake of iron in those conditions. Apolactoferrin, it's another very effective iron chelator that uh, people can can rely on, and the other the other thing that we're very um, adamant about is helping people get a uh, deal with their emotions their unresolved emotions and it's a fascinating relationship between emotions and iron and so when we have unresolved emotions and we've had some some significant event in our life 
it will become a fear. And when we're in a state of fear, fear causes us to contract and our pH becomes acidic. Very, very well established in the uh, physiological response to uh, a fear. And any farmer will tell you that that um, acidic soil attracts iron. So when we're in a, in a state of subliminal fear, we're, we're literally taking up more iron than we realize. Well, there's a backside to that mechanism. There's a research team out of Japan that in 2016 discovered that iron activates the danger sensor of the cell. It's a protein called NLRP3. It's also called the inflammasome. It's the nuclear origin of inflammation. And iron is the very mechanism of it. So what do we have? Fear attracts iron, and iron activates fear. It's amazing. So we, we have people do uh, emotional freedom technique, or maybe do the emotion code for those that, that pr prefer that. But they need to release that fear because they, they've got to break that cycle. And the reason why, again, back to people being high IQ, well, people with high IQ have two genetic defects. We're control freaks, and we love complexity. We really do. And so what I really insist with people is that they do emotional freedom technique, but do it with a practitioner. The reason for the practitioner is it's more complicated that way, which feeds our ego, our our high IQ ego, but but the practitioner is also able to get people to let go of the fear, teach them how to let go. It's a very important process. So the, there are wonderful videos out there about EFT. That's great. Familiarize yourself with that, but you really need to work with a practitioner. You don't need to do it face-to-face. -face. You can do it over the phone. I think it's actually better over the phone, but it's an important part of the process to uh, release those fears so people can get by the, the trauma of their uh, chronic conditions. Because anyone who's been a, has been chronically ill for a couple years or more, their biggest fear is that they're broken, that there's something physically wrong with my body. And I know you work with, with clients around that all the time. And so those are the two biggest mechanisms to really help address that, begin to address that. So tell us where we can find you, learn about your work, and try the root cause protocol that you've developed over the last decade. So the the uh, new website it's called the rootcauseprotocol.com, and then the short version of it is rcp123.org. Uh, there's um, a lot of information there. I've I've written. Uh, 81 posts on iron toxicity now, uh, kind of gaga about it. It's it's very funny that that the guy who's known as Magnesium Man, who started the Magnesium Advocacy Group, all he writes about is iron toxicity. Now you're Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of good information to read there. There's a lot of videos. I've I've had the pleasure of talking to probably 15 or 20 uh, Wendy's other folks like yourself, you know, of all different faiths and persuasion and had, you know, similar types of conversations. So it's just going to reach different audiences. And, 
And uh, I'm very grateful that we have a chance to have this follow-up conversation. But this will eventually get posted there, just like it gets posted on your on your site as well. And there's um, a video series that people can purchase, and that's me talking with this Dr. Ben Edwards, who's a, a classically trained uh, allopathic physician, grew up in a very allopathic family. His two uncles and both grandfathers and great-grandfather were MDs. And he's a very special guy who... He said, I've gone through three phases of my medical career. 1.0 was pure allopathic. 2.0 was alternative, integrative. He said, I was, I was chasing the same bugs and toxins. I was just going green. And he said, now I'm 3.0, and I'm doing the root cause protocol. And he, it's, it, he's really got a, a grasp for it. And there's a four-and-a-half-hour video series that people can, can purchase. They can download the manual. And then a lot of people get started in this process by going to the Facebook group called the Magnesium Advocacy Group. Uh, we're coming up on 175,000 people. We had about 1,000 people a week, which is mind-blowing to think about. Uh, and I, you know, it, what's, what's amazing is I hear from two or three people a week who I don't even know who they are, and they're, and they're thanking me for saving their life, that, what, what the, the protocol did. And, and I, I don't take ownership of it. Basically what I did was I, I dusted off Mother Nature. These, these are basic principles that you certainly understand and, and recognize and incorporate in your practice. And it's it's so central to our physiology and our well-being. And it's just something that got lost as the food system became more and more uh, refined and more and more enriched. We didn't realize the sacrifices that were being made in, the, in that process. So those are the two principal places for people to find me. Uh, I regularly give out my email address and phone number. I do, sometimes the, the, other, the show hosts go, you're going to tell them that? But people are very respectful. But my email address is uh, morleyrobbins at gmail.com. And my cell phone is area code 847-922-8061. And uh, I, I take all comers. I've never met a question I didn't enjoy. And I look forward to uh, hearing from, from the listeners in this broadcast. And, and I look forward to our continuing these dialogues as we go forward. Yes, absolutely. We can definitely do a deep dive anytime you want on any of these topics. But long story short, it's not enough just to supplement minerals. Minerals have to be balanced. It doesn't matter what you supplement with. It only matters what you absorb. And what That's you right. absorbed, it has to be utilized and bioavailable in the body or it doesn't work. So that's what we're trying to do, this balancing act. Uh, you, you and I both working with clients, right. trying to get all these three factors in line so that people can you know, meet their health goals and stop spinning their wheels and buying all these supplements that they're perhaps not absorbing or utilizing or taking the wrong ones. And when it's really just basic, you need minerals. You have to have minerals for your body to work. That's right. When I... When I met my uh, wife, Dr. Liz Erkenswick. Uh, it was almost a decade ago now. Um, she talked about something called the innate healer. She's you know, a classically trained chiropractor, and they have a philosophy based on the innate healer. And I was like, if there's an innate healer, why do we have all these doctors and practitioners around? That didn't make, that didn't make any sense to me at the time. Wendy, what I've come to realize is that there really is an innate healer. And I really believe it is this ceruloplasm protein. When you learn that 
there, there's a protein that does 18 separate and distinct functions that all revolve around the oxygen molecule. You begin to have a different appreciation for Mother Nature and the incredible sophistication of our body. And, I, and I, I'm still digging. I think I might end up with about 30 different functions. But that's just going to take a few more years to, to keep uh, combing through the, uh, the research. But I think it's important for people to realize that this um, model of one gene, one protein, one function, that's not how the body works. Not even close to how the body works. And there are there really is this hierarchy. And you're absolutely right about making sure that you're ingesting it, making sure that it's bioavailable and that you actually can in fact, work with it. That's essential. But when that protein is working in its fullest form, it, it's magical in its ability to get us back into proper metabolic balance. That, that's, the, that's the real focus of the message, and that's really what the Root Cause Protocol is all about. Fantastic. Well, Morley, thank you so much for joining us today on the Myers Detox Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks again, Wendy. And everyone, thank you so much for listening and thanks for tuning in every week to explore topics in depth on heavy metal and chemical detoxification protocols, supplements, and the most latest uh, biohacking techniques. So thank you so much for tuning in and it's just my pleasure to serve you every week and help you put those missing pieces of your health together. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.